0: And let's talk about what Leslie's found. Let's hang out. And let's
1: listen to Leslie and shout. Let's
2: hang out. Let's hang out. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Hang Out, the podcast where historians will call them close friends, besties, roommates, <laughs> colleagues, anything but lovers. History hates lovers. Beautiful intro. You're welcome. On, You're welcome. I was trying to think of something that was
1: on brand and that felt on there brand for it, what it we're totally going to talk good. about. So. <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This Week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. We always like to remind you that we have a Patreon and we love our Patreon supporters. You can join at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to get access to all of our bonus episodes, our bonus episodes catalog is continuing to grow. Our last episode was on Nemona. We got some really great feedback on that one. And our next one will be on miseducation of Cameron Post.
2: Lots of good stuff. We also want to remind everyone we are getting so, so close to our croatia trip it is coming up in just a few weeks basically at this point which
1: is insane we've been talking about it for so long i can't believe i'm actually going to be in croatia in a few weeks
2: it's crazy wild um some of you also may have seen that we are starting to plan our next trip as well we want to do another one maybe do something like on this
1: hemisphere uh you know to keep it a little closer for our u.s listeners see if we can make it a little little easier for people to get there a little more accessible so keep an eye out for that one
2: and keep an eye on our social medias because we've been posting either polls or links to our trova trip survey which you can always get your answers in let us know where you want to go as we
1: plan more trips we are super super psyched about that and keep an eye on our socials to see all of our fun croatia activities we'll be posting on our stories i'm sorry for all the fomo that you're gonna have but <laughs> <laughs> lots of we wish you were there up. too
2: in the greater les universe uh first we want to also just give a quick shout out there are still sag and wga strikes going on um it's it's ridiculous it's just ridiculous so as you go through the season with us um as obviously you'll see uh, some changes to our episode topics and stuff like that we just want to remind you obviously um pay your actors and pay your writers to the studios um it's ridiculous so yeah there's that
1: in better queer representation news harley and ivy so Harley and Ivy from the Harley Quinn animated series are currently the longest running queer couple on TV for four seasons. They have been running. So they are not canceled yet. Don't cancel them. You motherfuckers! <laughs> do not cancel them. Let them keep running, but it's still, I'm happy. I'm happy. We got some but Harley. They're Ivy on, ships They're on going
2: HBO, right? And yes. I feel like with their whole HBO, I do not have a ton of faith in these days.
1: I know, but Fingers crossed, they've been up up for four seasons. They're still kicking. So let's keep it that way. Okay. I'll I'll try to have hope. Yes, try to have hope. With that, that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee.
2: Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you our second episode of season seven
1: straightforward. And we are very excited to be joined by two special guests today that I personally went to college with, which is very exciting. Billy Averly and Chris Stable are here. Hi, Billy and Chris. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having us. So good to see you. I know. It's really good to see you too.
3: It's been too long. It, it has really been has.
1: far too long And for those of Yeah it's been, it's so, been long so long for long me, me too team. Oh my yeah. gosh
2: Wow like ages I'm in it I'm with this
1: I'm a part of this I feel like this is the
4: perfect venue To like catch up in
1: like, Yeah, It really yeah. is yeah. I'm like, Literally I'm just going to be an hour being like So what have you been up to yeah. It's just gay shit And so it's
3: perfect <laughs> <laughs> This is it Gay here musical things- shit That's yeah. what I want to hear about <laughs> (laughs) Dreams come
2: (laughs) true. The things you need when catching up with old friends: um, one wine, Billy, you're ready. Two microphones. We're all prepared. prepared.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're all ready. Yes. And for those of you who are listening, I want to let you know who Billy and Chris are and why we have them on the show because they're both wildly talented. They are the writers and producers of Straightforward, which is a new musical based on a true story that captured attention across social media. Now, Billy and Chris, will you tell us about that article? Because I feel like the article is the is like what a great story to write a musical about. I'm super pumped about it and very gay. Billy thought <laughs> so
4: too. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. So I, I usually let Chris take the reins on on telling kind of like the story of how it all came about. So Chris, why don't you uh, why don't you start and I'll, I'll pop in at points.
4: Yeah. So I think a lot of us like read this article when it came out, and this is going back like. 10, 10 years, almost 10 years now. And we had just uh, seen Fun Home, which was on Broadway at the time. And we were like looking for something to collaborate on um, and write together. We were just like at a bar, like after viewing Fun Home. And like I, to this day, like Fun Home is like still one of my favorite musicals ever. But we were chatting about how we had both separately read this article, but we hadn't really talked about it. And Billy was like, you know, this article would actually really, it would make a great musical. And I was like, yeah, it would. But, you know, like, it's based off of real people. So like, you can't just, we we can't just do it. You know, we have to get them involved and they're not going to want to do it. And Billy was like, (laughs) I'm going to email them and I'm going to tell them that we are musical (laughs) theater writers. <laughs> and that we want to write a musical about their lives. And I said, you know what? You go ahead and do that. And if they respond and they give us permission, I'll do it with you. And he was like, okay. So he emails my guy, Melly, and he responds and says they're interested in meeting. And we drove up to Boston like that summer and we sat with him and uh, his now husband, Garrett for probably what, like four hours, like over two separate days in Boston. And they mm-hmm. kind of just like, we recorded it um, audio and we, they sort of just like bared their souls to us. And we took what they said and we turned it into this musical. So um, <laughs> that's sort of how okay. we arrived here. I, yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I loved two things specifically right now about that story. Um One is that I feel like Ellie and I joke all the time that we're like, there's nothing more millennial than what we did, which is to be like, oh my God, we should start a podcast one day. But also I feel like the, the gayer version of that is also what we've done. Which yeah. It's like very, it feels very on brand. And I love that. Yeah. The other thing is I love that. I can already tell that Billy's the Ellie in this uh, <laughs> duo. And that makes me. they That is me as well. the, yes. the just like, I'm just going to do this crazy yeah. thing. And then um, Chris, you're just like, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go along with that if that happens. <laughs> yeah, why not? We had a
4: two-hour call before this when we yeah. were testing our microphones out for this and um, he was like, we're going to be doing this, 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 and this. Like, these are the next steps. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't think we can do that. Like, how are we going to do that? Like, But that's sort of what I said when he was like, we're going to bring this to Theater Row and we're going to bring it off Broadway and it's going to do fine and it's going to be great. And I, again, I was like, I don't Know how we're gonna do this all, and like, yeah, here we are. You're so. the yeah. me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. you're the me, yeah. and I love I it. I think everyone. This needs makes me this, happy. Though. Everyone
1: needs this juxtaposition <laughs> yes. of like someone who's like, "This is the crazy thing we're gonna do," and someone who's like, "Okay, well, how?" Right. <laughs> Let's be real. Exactly about how it it. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you figure out the how, and it's fine. Can we go back a little bit? Can you explain? what is in the article for anyone who might not have read the article, like what happened to these two yeah, people. Yeah, Spark notes, right? Spark notes. Yeah,
3: right. yeah. So basically um the story revolves around these two people, which is actually one of the songs in our show. Mike Iamelli actually wrote the article and basically the entire thing encompasses basically like 6 months of their lives when they're in college and just post after college when the one of the main characters Mike is just dealing with a lot of stress at work he climbed the corporate ladder very quickly owned his own business but like right after he graduated college and just through dealing with that he started like drinking and doing drugs and just like all this other stuff and he basically just like His body was giving up on him. He got diagnosed with severe pancreatitis. He was basically dying. You know, he went to all these different doctors' appointments, and he was roommates with this guy Garrett at the time. So, in a nutshell, Garrett was in uh, pharmacy school at the time. So he kind of like had all of this like doctor knowledge and everything. So while he was while they were living together, he was taking care of him, and through turn of events and everything. They just develop this relationship between one another that they can't really identify because up until this point in the timeline that our show takes place, they both identify as straight men. And they're both dating girls, the one Garrett has a long term girlfriend, and they just decide to see where it can go like like they both acknowledge the feelings that they both have for one of another and that's what our show is about it's about that six months of time where they're just kind of like exploring these feelings and seeing what could come of it in the end and i won't give away any spoilers in the end but um that's pretty much the span of time
2: I mean, anyone who remembers the article, though, like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> is it a no. spoiler if it happened yeah, in yeah, yeah. 20- no, 2014 like- or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: I think the whole point of it, though, is, like, not the fact that they ended up together, but the the whole, the the musical encompasses, like, the very messy part mm-hmm. of, like, what they had to go through to get there. Like, it's yeah. not necessarily, like, the ending, but, like what the external and internal pressures were for them to get to the point that they are today. And I think that's like the meat of the story. Yeah. Right.
2: Which is also very funny to say as a lesbian, because when you read the article, right? And because I do actually remember when the article came, came out, like I remember reading it a long time ago. But it's funny when you read it and... I mean I know it wasn't at the time but it's it's presented very uh, straightforwardly but I'm sure, <laughs> um, where he's you know he's just like oh I just decided like I had to tell right. him how I felt. Yeah. So I stood up and was like, I think I'm. Right, in love with exactly, you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like I'm sorry, have you not met lesbians? Like I literally <laughs> had a conversation yesterday with a friend about the time she accidentally dated a girl for 3 months and didn't right, know about right. it, you
3: know? Like and, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's just, just like, you know, when we actually interviewed them, interviewed them, you know, it it became very clear that it wasn't so straightforward like that, you know. Like, oh, I'm sure was, I'm sure it was that. It was not. this yeah. gigantic span of time where it was just like, you know, they talk about emailing each other back and forth because it's more comfortable to get their thoughts out. They they talk about, you know, like Garrett like cleaning up his blood in the bathroom because he was like throwing up blood at the time from this disease that he has. You know, it's it's so much more than what the article um puts forward. But you know, it was enough to capture Chris and I's attention. And just a quick story on that. So when we were, like, uh, finding all the roles for this current production that we're running. So we got this one submission from this girl who remembered reading the article when it first came out and identified as straight as, at the time. But once she read that article, she actually, like, went through that herself and, like, confessed her love for, like, her best friend. And and then now they're dating. Stop yeah, it. Yeah. I so love it. So it's just, like, it's, it touched I so many people, it. you know? Like, it's just, it's so relatable and... You know, it, it really affected a lot of people at the time and still does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the thing, too, like about why we were like, let's talk about this on the podcast, because it's like, yes, this musical is awesome and like everyone should go see it. But I also feel like there's like such a relatable. So yes. this is the most like relatable queer experience. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. At yeah. some point, we all were quote unquote straight. Yep at some like it's like you sort of that's like the benchmark to which we are held up to and then you have to have this experience of like working through these feelings Mm -hmm. and I think the fact that like both of these people came into this experience being straight right I feel like we've explored like I'm a queer person who like falls in love with a straight girl and you're like oh shit she's straight and now I have to deal with this Mm -hmm. but to have like both of them be dealing with that at the same time also, like, gives it a, a different dynamic, I feel You're like, right. also. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Of not just, yep. like, one person's pining for the other of, like, okay, we're both feeling this, right? Right. Right.
2: Okay, but this is so this is what I'm going to say like cuz you just said it's a very relatable gay story. And my question is is it relatable or does it feel relatable because it is the basis for like 90% of every fan fiction out there, right? <laughs> Where it's just like every uh every non-canon fan fiction that starts out as like you might think I'm straight if you've watched the show, but maybe I'm not and maybe they're not either. I don't know. That's I think it's um I think it's relatable in that way, right? I think we've
4: it's- tried to walk The fine line of that because we are aware of those types of um i don't know if you want to call that like tropes maybe yeah Um, yeah but i think
2: but it can't be a trope if it's real life like it actually happened that's the thing is like
4: so we've been getting feedback obviously from this past week and like most of it has been extremely positive we did get a couple um that were not like they weren't scathing but they weren't 100% 100% positive either, and a lot of it was, like, I, I don't want to put words in, in people's mouths, right? But, like, it came across as, like, gay people don't act this way. And so, mm-hmm. like, my response to that is, well, how are gay people supposed to act then? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have these two guys who we, we've taken their you know, their, their likeness and their experience, and we've put it on stage, and it's their experience, mm-hmm. and it's their coming to terms with who they are how is that not acceptable to mm-hmm. other people? you know what mm-hmm. I mean and so that's one of the challenges that I think that we've run into and I'm not I, I, it's it's a it's not a mountain it's like a, you know but it's <laughs> it's it's something that we've been questioned about but I think that it's important to have that discussion like mm-hmm. it's not you know I just because like you know for example, there's, um, you know, like towards the beginning of of the musical, like you're seeing, you're seeing their friendship. So you're seeing a lot of this, like, like broy out stuff, right? And so a mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, like there may be some people that watch that and go, why am I, w- why, why are they acting like this? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, because this is like this is what it was. And mm-hmm. so like we want to be able to portray that, you know, like they were not coming to terms with who they are and now they have but like we want to see that that journey from start to finish you know right
3: and you know rolling off of that as well it's so good that even people say stuff like that because it sparks these conversations that we get to have you know and it's just like well why were you really feeling that way like why why do you think that these actors have to portray these characters a certain way on stage and we like get to talk about it and that's that's exactly why we set out to write a musical you know because art always like challenges things and just the fact that there's people that have different views about like what is happening on stage is like that's gold to us you know we're like let's talk about it let's let's you know like bring it you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean they should be discussing it right if they're yeah. not discussing it then like what's the point of it
3: right exactly right like
1: <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> yeah i'm curious like i mean i knew both of you in college but like i don't i don't know honestly like i mean I think all of us came out at college at some point. Yeah, but but I'm not sure. Did you? Did you, Chris?
4: I came out probably in my like right after college. Like I don't, I wasn't out in college. Oh, yeah, that's right. I always forget that. Yeah, I think
1: I was
3: sophomore year or junior year. I think it was sophomore
4: year.
1: Yeah, because it was my it was my junior year as well. So like, I mean, all of us also knew each other Mm -hmm. in in a stage of life where we were not out.
4: Yeah,
3: that's true. Yeah, right. Which is we like, weren't who we
4: are now
1: Which is sort of And me too <laughs>
2: I'm just gonna keep inserting Lee, myself never-
4: I was gonna ask Lee, Lee. I was coming yeah. to yeah.
3: next Lee is It's fine never, no one cares no. I'm just I'm just waiting no. for the next person to come through the door On Ellie's side I'm Who sorry
1: I'm on my family vacation When like three of my family members have already come through the door I'm, I literally Listen, I told you, In, stay in my ten minutes studio. my kids will run through this door <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be fine. It'll be great. But I mean, I guess like my question to you is like, just because I find that fascinating that like, we did know each other in those times of, of our lives.
2: And yeah, what was straight Ellie like?
1: Well, no, you don't have to say that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's like, it it's bringing me back like to that part of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, it is messy. Like it is yeah. like, you're not quite yourself. And like, no, that's also okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like to, to be like, oh, Lee and I talk about this a lot, like coming out stories. Like we definitely have had so many of them. So it's like, okay, sometimes you're like, there's plenty of other things to the gay experience besides just coming out. Right. However, like it is, and experience that totally. we all yeah. have a yeah. the yes. ubiquitous part of the gay experience. Yeah. Like I, there's zero people who are now gay, who never had to come out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like, yeah, like we tell those stories because they're all also different and nuanced.
3: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess like, I'm like, I don't know what my question is there, but I'm just like thinking about it <laughs> or like, how, how was that experience for both of you personally? Like in, you don't have to give any like super personal details, but like, When you're writing this musical, does it, (laughs) you can, but it bring, did it bring you back to that part of your life?
4: Oh, oh my God. I'm going to let Chris take this one. Like the, the music in this show is literally about me. It is about, and like, I think the reason that this article rang so true to just me in general was because like, I felt that I felt the way that these, that Mike and Garrick, well and so i had to go back to that point in my life to write these songs and they were not points of my life that i really care to go back to so it was you know it was it was hard work to do that and i mean i'm happy i did it cuz i'm 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 really proud of the work that we've done on on the musical but I mean the the songs like you know I've had friends that were that sort of like knew me during that time you know in college that came to see the show and they were like so a lot of those songs that Garrett sings like those are about you aren't they and I was like yeah they are <laughs> so like people know like people who know me will know that like that was like it's it's kind of obvious but I think that as like musical theater writers we sort of like we get this shield where we can be like, "Oh, well, it's not about me. It's about them, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and so, but I think there's like a unit there's it's a universal story. like it's it is Mike and Garrett's story, mm-hmm. but there are people, including myself, like who felt this way, right. you know and
3: and yeah. going back to that as well. So like Chris, during this entire process, and uh, he kind of like separated himself from Mike and Garrett's uh, story actually a little bit, whereas, like, I was the one that that really like attached to that and pulled that part into it. And it's interesting to see like everything just like come together and how our stories are so similar and everything. but, um, but yeah, we we both had different experiences writing the show, which is also interesting, considering we both did it, you know
4: I didn't, yeah, I didn't speak to them like I not in a bad right. way. like I would jump on calls yeah. with them and stuff, but like, the regular day to day like process of emailing them or updating them always went through billy if i didn't have to answer an email i wouldn't like i would say a bulk of the score was written like after i we came back well, you know when we came back from from boston i i was like okay i got the gist this is where the beats need to be this is what the songs are about and i sort of dug into myself. And I think that made the songs more universal that other people could latch on them and not so specific no- necessarily to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like B- Billy working on the script, the script had to, you know, be a little bit more involved in their lives. We're great friends now. Uh, I still, <laughs> I talk to them now. <laughs> oh, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't even look at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: No, they're great. They they were both at opening amazing, night. Yeah. Um they are so involved in this project. Like they're not musical theater or even just theater people at all. You know, like when we started this with them, they were like just so you know, <laughs> like yeah, we don't do this, you know. So like we're really like putting this in your hands. And you know, that was that was good and bad for us, you know. Like in different ways, but like they were right now, they're so involved and they're just now I think they would consider themselves musical theater fans because they they love the show so much. They were there on opening night. They're going to be there tomorrow for a talk back. They just they just love being a part of it all. It's
4: really great.
1: Would you ever get them to That's sing anything awesome. or it's like that would be so bad? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't think so, but the, uh, <laughs>
1: they sing it. They sing it to each other, like in private. Probably,
4: like, yeah. Don't, I'm sure. Don't
1: put, in the shower. Like, in the shower. Put there this you go. Anywhere public.
4: <laughs> I think the other thing too is that they have been like so gracious when, like, maybe we, you know, we now the story is intact and the story is theirs, but we we all know on this call as as writers that sometimes you need to embellish for the stage a bit to make things more dramatic and engaging for the audience. And like, so we were initially concerned and worried about what they would think about some of the minor things that we added. And they were just like really good about it. Like they, they said that they had like a, you know, come to terms moment where they were like, you know what, we just have to let this be what it is. And just accept that this is, that this is based off of us, but it's also not a hundred percent us. And I, I think that is such a joy to be able to work with, Two individuals that not only understand that, but are willing to accept that because mm-hmm. like some, if you're working on a real true story, you may run into issues with the subject matter if they're not willing to, um, budge, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, totally.
2: I'm, I'm curious, Chris, because you were, you were talking about, um, like how much this, hit home and like digging back in through some of that, writing these songs. And I'm curious too, because you, I mean, as obviously I've known for a long time, but everyone else might not have. um, You mentioned that you just came out (laughs) after college. (laughs) And I'm curious, because like one of the things about the, the story that I always think is interesting to me, like way back when the article first came out too, is like some of it, I think, was a little bit a product of the times but some of it is still true today and part of why something else that I think will will sort of transition into about like why stories like this are so important is that this wasn't just presented as the story of like here's two guys who fell in love right like here's two gay dudes they fell in love because that wasn't at all the presentation of it the presentation was very much like here are two straight men Mm -hmm. Like, here are two established, known straight men, right, who fell in love with each uh-huh. other. And so I feel like a lot of us as queer people will look at that and say, like, okay, so they weren't, like, obviously totally straight, right? <laughs> I mean, but I think that there there is this idea um, still to this day and certainly a decade ago of, like, what are the acceptable ages, to realize things about yourself, right? Like, what are the acceptable ages to explore your sexuality, and question things? And what are the, what are the ages past which you're like, no, you're straight now. Like, you've decided you got your card stamped, like you have checked in to work as a straight person now and like, that's your identity and anything you do now to change it is like, whoa, right? And, and because I think we still, like we have guests on now still who will talk about like, oh yeah, like I came out later in life, you know? And it's like it's a very different, like different idea of uh, of that identity. And like, obviously, right out of college is is, you know, I don't think quite at that <laughs> same line. But I am curious, you know, if that felt like an important part to you, because it is something that I know always stood out to to me like way back reading the article back in the day is like it's it's interesting to me that it's not just the story of like hey here's two guys who like happened to fall in love and they were roommates it was always very harped on in the way the articles were presented whether it's by you know their choice or or just how the media was at the time of like they were they're straight. They were straight men. They had girlfriends. Yeah. They had girlfriends and they fell in love, you know, and I'm like, I well, that's actually still possible. Right, yeah. <laughs> like not, not
3: only that, but when we talk to Mike and Garrett today, like Mike always says, and he'll say to this day, like if for whatever reason they broke up in the future, like they don't know if they would date another man, you know, um, and yeah, they'll they'll say that if they were on the interview right now, you know,
2: which also still doesn't make you not queer totally. yeah, <laughs> at right, all. Right, you know?
3: Absolutely. <laughs>
4: And I think one of the other reasons that they were so willing to talk to us about this was because, because you just said of the media and how the media sort of spinned this, you know, like yeah. NPR was calling them, like, you know, all these different news outlets, and they were, they were spinning the story in a way that just like wasn't accurate to who they were. And they felt that, like, okay, well, if these guys are going to come and like sit down with us for like four hours, like maybe we have a shot to getting this. accurate um somehow Mm -hmm. and they were also sort of intrigued about the idea that's like okay well this is something different like everybody else wants to do a news article or a you know like a npr piece on us but these guys want to write a full-fledged musical so like (laughs) let's see what this one's all about you know and they
3: told us that they hadn't accepted any interviews besides ours just because of the nature of it Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Because people were like hounding them for like different reasons and different motivations. Um, and we were just yeah. like, we really love your story. Let's adapt it for the stage. And we were just like <laughs> these fresh little faces out of college, like n- <laughs> had never written a musical before. And they were just really interested in it. So That's yeah. <laughs> amazing.
4: I was going to say to answer to answer the question that you asked, I, I do believe that the the line of like identifying as straight or not straight right like we've we are now having this conversation i think even more and more now about how you know sexuality can be more fluid and i think the whole one of the the major themes of our musical is is that like society and like all of these external pressures are putting these, um, you know, are, are, are sort of putting these pressures on us to say, well, this is how your life is supposed to go. You're supposed to get a wife. You're supposed to have kids. You're supposed to do all this. And, like, you don't really even think about it or, or question the possibility of something else, right? And so that is, like, what this story sort of brings to the table. And I think that's important. And I, you know, and not to get, you know, like, too you know, political, but I'll do it. Um, do it. Like, when we first started <laughs> writing this musical, like, it felt like we were in a better place. Like, in 2015, we're seeing Obergefell get passed. Like, there's more acceptance for LGBTQ people. In a sense, like, since then, like we're going backwards in a lot of ways yeah. you're seeing all of these anti lgbtq bills going through in all of these different states like uh specifically targeting trans folks and like i not that our that our musical deals with with trans um folks but like it should be like we should allow people to be and experience and and love the way that they want to and i know that that sounds like so corny and cheesy but like that's sort of why it's called straightforward because this relationship and what they want to do should be straightforward but it's not yeah. and it's because of all of these other
0: You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals because Rakuten Shoppers do. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
4: a politician trying to get in between into your bedroom or, you know, like family pressures or whatever the case may be. And so it still remains complicated, Mm -hmm. right? And so when we get asked, like, why did you do this? You know, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what sort of sets ours apart from, you know, like I I love all the like Netflix stuff that's coming out now, like Heartstopper and all these things. I wish I had something like that growing up, right? But sometimes it's not and i you guys would probably agree with me it's not it's not as um you know as it it doesn't always go that way you know
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but i think but exactly exactly like what you were just saying and and especially you know uh we i can't remember if we had started rolling you know yeah i think you mentioned fun home at the top of the episode mm-hmm. um even when you look at something like fun home right and fun home is so very much a story built on the idea that, like, it can be too late, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it was too late for her dad. Like, he was never going to get that chance to have the queer life that maybe he would have had if he'd grown up in a different time, right? And and you watch Fun Home, and I think Fun Home likes so many other queer stories. And again, like, yeah, nothing against them. I mean, we... Eat that shit up. We love gay media of all kinds, but like there are so many queer stories in the media that are based around you're coming out in high school, in college, right? Like I'm question I'm having these thoughts. I'm sitting up at night dreaming and what am I what is going through my mind, Mm -hmm. right? And I think it's why like when you look at things like this, it does feel very important to have stories about the idea that, hey, actually you can be a grown-ass adult with a life and a job and a had girlfriend. I've never thought that before. Have never had that thought cross your mind, and it still mm-hmm. might. And when it does, that's okay, mm-hmm. right? Right, right? Like, whether it turns out that you are actually in love with your roommate or not, mm-hmm. like, entertaining the thought is actually okay and good and healthy, yep. right? Like, that's still a good idea. Mm-hmm. But it is one that I think is... it, it it's interesting because i think of how the media did latch onto that idea of like oh my god these two straight men fell in love like <laughs> (laughs) you know very like (laughs) tabloid esque kind of way to present it and you're like because I think that's what makes a lot of straight people feel more comfortable with the fact that they're like oh what is this right like like, (laughs) right yeah exactly they're like can you imagine and like a lot of queer people are like yeah "Yeah, that's how how that (laughs) happens like that's exactly what happens whether you're 16 or like 50 it doesn't super matter but the idea is like and that's you should be okay <laughs> you should be okay with yeah. that it's okay if that happens right, right, you right. know like yeah. yeah
1: i do find it very like uh interesting and also depressing that you say like we've moved backwards because i totally this is our seventh season of the podcast so we've been making a gay podcast for seven years mm-hmm. and i can agree with you there were certain years of making this podcast where i was like we're doing great. This mm-hmm. is super awesome. Yeah. Look at us go. And the past few Everything is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Honestly, the pa- it's the not, not that few years anymore. The <laughs> past have been really rough. Have been really yeah. rough. And so it is, I think, a very important time to be telling gay stories. Mm-hmm.
4: I think it sort of changed the stakes of why we... Wrote it like yeah. because you know, th- when we started writing it, it was probably around the same time that you guys started, started doing this yeah. podcast, mm-hmm. and we were like exactly the same like, these stories yeah. need to be told, like you know, all this stuff. And it's like now, it's like these stories need to be told, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, yes. it's, it's like a completely yeah. yes. different, yeah. like you know, <laughs> and so it's, um, you know, I think that's it wasn't necessarily the intention, but it's just that's sort of like. I guess the interesting thing about theater Mm -hmm. is that as you're writing this thing and times change and and time goes by and different things happen, you know, it's going to be relatable in different ways to different folks.
3: That one guy that um, wrote the review for us that said it was dated or whatever. I was like, first of all, I was like, how dare you? Second of all, (laughs) I was was like, no, it's not, you know, like just because it happens a few years ago, like, like rent isn't as sure. It's like dated like it happens in the 80s but like people still do rent you know like it's all relevant like it all it all has a story to be told you know so i don't know that just like pissed me off dated come on. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you uh, to this,
3: i don't yeah, care yeah, yeah. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen to it well, Hear it. well You're but speaking
2: speaking of speaking of the time it took Uh, To get there, I want to ask a totally very self-indulgent question, which is like, tell us a little bit about the process of being like, let's write a musical to where you're at now, like having it staged, having the run. Like, what was that? What was that process like? Long and
3: tiring. and (laughs) (laughs) Sounds right. I'm going to be tired for the rest of my life. (laughs) No, I I always like to start with... um, So the reason that we actually came to this story as well was because, like, coming out of college, like, we knew, Chris and I, we knew that we wanted to write a musical, and we knew that we wanted to write something, you know? Um, But we had no idea where to start. And at the time, uh, we actually reached out for advice to uh, Pasek and Paul. Um, And this was before. This was just when they had, like, dogfight out. Like, Dear Evan Hansen wasn't a thing. Greatest Showman wasn't a thing. They didn't blow up. And they wrote us back, like, paragraphs of just like advice on writing a musical, especially for the first time. And one of the pieces of advice was find a story that like already exists that you could like latch onto that you can like get details about that you don't have to create something from scratch and then turn that into a musical, at least for the first one. So that's where we kind of like set our eyes on, like finding a story that, already existed that we could like talk to people about that like we get information and like build our story from there and that's how we found the article you know that's how we found it on Facebook and we, we said hey this would make a great musical um, but then as far as everything from there I don't know I,
4: it's, like, <laughs> it's a gigantic
3: <laughs> it's a blur. blur yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> well I would say the bulk of you know like obviously the interviews were super super helpful mm-hmm. and we wrote probably a handful of songs and then Did a little bit of a markup on a script and like the original idea was going to it was going to be like a six to eight person musical. There were going to be other moving parts Mm -hmm. like in this that are actual characters in the story. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we were like, maybe this just needs to be a two person show because then we can really sort of dive into like what is happening to the two of them without... Seeing the external stuff that's happening, but it could be a part of the story and we can feel it as the audience, but in a way that isn't taking away from their story. Mm -hmm. That was probably the smartest decision we made on doing this because everybody always asks, like, how did you how did you produce this? And like, you know, it's as you know, like, it's very expensive to produce to, to produce theater and you know, a, a two person musical, like when you're looking at, you know, dollars and cents is, is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say it wasn't hard. It, it, it was extremely hard, it's but not lame- um, you know, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. not like, lame- <laughs> right. But I, and I, I don't know. I kind of prefer, I kind of prefer it this way um, because I really do think that we have narrowed it down to like what these, these guys really went through. And um, like someone who saw the show said that they felt like they were watching something that they they shouldn't be watching, mm-hmm. like because it was like they the most intimate, like private moments of their exactly, lives. So yeah. they almost felt like it was wrong yeah. to be watching it. Um, which I thought was great. Yeah. But I would also say like a bulk of it was written, I think, like in 2020. Like that's really mm-hmm. Billy and I started having like weekly, daily zooms where we when were just COVID like hit, when really, we just, like, had when COVID nine, hit, yeah. yeah. And then we we worked like the first thing we workshopped it at at Wagner um, with SRMT actually Mm -hmm. nice Um, the the current people that that run it they're um, I guess well that was two years ago so they probably they don't run it anymore (laughs) but when they were there um, they were great to work with so we did a a reading in like November of twenty one we refined it again after that after we got feedback and then we brought it to the New York Theater Festival in the summer of twenty two. Um, and then we refined it again, and then now this is the version that we're presenting off Broadway. Mm-hmm. So I guess the long—that was the long answer to your question of like, it takes a really long time, like, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. write a musical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, and I'm sure it's, it's. I mean, we've already had meetings. It's going to change again. Yep. So,
1: yep. What are some of the biggest things you've changed
4: from, like, from the from the like,
1: beginning? Like, let's say, like, from the first iteration to now. Ooh, like from um, before you did it at Wagner. Well,
3: we really expanded it for the most part. I think when we did it at Wagner, it was only like nine songs and now it's like 20. Um, so it at least doubled since Wagner. New York Theater Festival, we added about 15 minutes to the show. Um, which is funny because now our goal for this time around it. is actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we were expecting it to run like an hour 40 and it's running two hours with no intermission. So we're kind of just like we're going to see if we can squeeze it in a little bit, uh, which we can, but, um, and just like, you know, like refining the storyline just so it's more clear, like as clear as possible, you know, and that's the biggest thing. Like after every single one of these iterations at Wagner, at the New York theater festival, at this, we just ask people for feedback, you know, it's just like, we just ask them questions. Um, what did you think of this? Was this clear? Um, what part didn't you like? And just, constructive criticism, and we just take that and we look at it all and be like, all right, well, this came up 10 times. We should probably look at that. And then some other ones that, like, one person said, we we're like, well, everyone else gets it. We're going to leave that one alone, you know? So it's it's just really just a balance.
1: Yeah, I feel like the feedback is tough, like, especially when it's, like, for me and Lee, it's, like, we also run a musical and we're like, this is our baby, and then someone yeah. says something and you're like, no, that's the best part of the show. We're not <laughs> cutting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no way now right, but right. I think that's the hardest thing is is cuts because yes. you're just like I, yeah. but I love that dialogue <laughs> or like yes. that song hits so hard like how am I going to make it shorter or right. you know anything like that you're just like it could like, yeah, be tough to yeah. uh,
4: I was going to ask the both of you about that because I think that's honestly like the hardest part for me throughout this whole process and like just to say this before I say it is that I am super proud of this production that we have done at Theater Row. Like, th- we couldn't have asked for a better team. Like, uh, um, like from our actors to musicians to tech people to stage management people. Like, they have been absolutely incredible. It's been like a dream, one of the best yeah. like creative joys of my life. Mm-hmm. But I also there's this sense of like every time yeah. we get up on stage to do it, it's like oh my god, like there's a hundred new people in this room that are watching it and are going to you know, get what they want out of it or, or pick it apart in different ways. And like, I'm still, I think I'm still like not over that yet. Like I haven't found a way to like be numb to that Mm -hmm. because Mm. it is your baby. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'd be interested, like how you guys feel about that. Um, you know, when you present like this thing that you've been working on forever to people and then they, you know, they, they give you the feedback.
2: Well, listen, I can answer that super easily <laughs> because Ellie knows the answer to this. So we one of the things that's nice about when we did the flames, like you put it out as a podcast. Right. So we had uh, when we first released, like when the episodes were releasing every week, we did listening uh, parties. We would do like Zoom parties. We'd have people come on and we'd like all listen to it together and and do some Q&A's and stuff afterwards. But those were all people that we knew were going to love the show. Right. Everyone else like we're not there. <laughs> we're not there. We don't get to hear them. And so for me, um, the the worst, best worst thing ever um, was when we did the show at 54 Below. We did um, we did a show of all the music, mm-hmm. which as as the person who wrote all the music and then I had to have people come up to me in person and, like, telling me how much they love the show or which, which songs they loved or this and that. And I was just like, I need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I can't be here. So my answer is easy. I'm bad at it. I'm really bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any advice. I am not good at that part right, right. of uh, of creation still. Yeah. So Ellie's better at it. Well, no,
1: I think, I think, yeah, Lee's more like, she doesn't like the spotlight in general. So, like, can't relate to that. But, but... <laughs> We did another, so Lee wasn't there for this, but I went to Western Mass and we did like a short reading of like one scene of the flame, okay. right? So we did this one scene and it was like people were giving all this feedback and it was only one scene from the whole, from the whole show, right? Mm-hmm. And like people were giving feedback that was like, I don't know, like I can't even remember the feedback, but I do remember I was getting really frustrated and I was like, it was like a, you know, it was like an they're giving feedback and like the whole point of it was for me to like respond and be like, oh, thank you for your feedback. And I was like good about it, but definitely. Ellie's throwing internally, hands. Internally, I was like, you just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like I was like, you ha-. Well, I was and like, well, that's if you it's so hard out of if context. You yeah, if you would have seen the scene before this and whatever, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, right, if right. you really, like, cause for us, it's like everything is in, but I think after like, I would take some of it and brought it back to the creative team and was like, okay, here's some of the feedback. Like you said, where you're like, here's feedback that like seems constructive, right? right? This is something that, that seems like maybe this is something we should take a look at. And other stuff where you're like, sometimes also like, that's not your audience. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like, right? Like there's two things where it's like, I mean, there are musicals that like are beloved by everyone and someone's like, I hate that musical.
3: Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean?
1: Like, it's it's just like the name of the game, right? That's like a really yeah. good
3: point as well. Yeah. So it's not gonna for be for me. It's in. like trying
1: to compartmentalize of like, okay, they're just not the right person for this show. Well, you know well, what I mean? More I, so than like I just you know, take that feedback from the heart, if that makes sense.
2: One maybe one other thing I will say as well, because it is something that I know I said a lot during The Flame. I'm saying it now as we're working on our next musical, and that I still believe in it's actually it's interesting to me now to go back to the flame, knowing so much, knowing it so much more, I think, um, than I did at the time is like, one of the hardest things for me when we worked on, on writing the flame, when I was writing the music for it is like, uh, I, I, didn't i didn't have a workshop i didn't have the ability you know it's like we had our little team i would bring songs back and play them for people <laughs> and our little team of the four of yeah. us and the other three people would all go oh my god great i love it and i was like could someone please give me a note <laughs> once <laughs> like somebody no. change something because <laughs> even even i am not conceited enough to believe that like every single thing i am doing is the best it could be Like, just by the grace of God, every time I nailed it, I'm like, no, like, (laughs) there's gotta be something and no one's telling me what it is. And I and I think it's why honestly, like, it's why I think I'm still very insecure about listening to the flame and the music in it, because I'm like, I know there's feedback out there somewhere that I should be getting and should be having. And it's like, and I know it even more now because I can even tell just having written another musical Mm -hmm. now that I'm like, oh, I've grown as a songwriter, right? Like I can see it in myself. And so that means I know I could go back and be okay with getting feedback on stuff that I that really I actually kind of would love to have the opportunity to get. So like, I think it... I'm sure I'm going to be terrible at it when it happens the same way that we all will be when it's our babies. Yep. But like, but I also think there's something so really important and and powerful about being able to put it in front of other people and taking a step back, putting the wall up and just being like, yes, please actually give some notes and give some criticism and help us make it the best thing thing that it can be right. because yeah it it is it's hard now for me to just be like nobody ever gave me a note i changed not a single thing i fixed nothing i'm like it's just it's whatever happened the first time through and i'm like that's probably not actually the best idea so
4: <laughs> I think good our- on
2: you for already having <laughs> taken like you know <laughs>
4: i i think our rule has always been like if more if if we're getting like multiple people saying the same thing then we know that we have totally. to address it yep. but it's yes. like someone you know another person said that they wanted to see more lgbtq representation in our show and i'm like i I don't know how to help you with that. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's this show yeah. is about, it's a queer love story. Like, yeah. what does that mean? It's all, you it, know, it, and so we
3: always grapple with that as well because, like, obviously, when we're holding auditions, we're not asking people's sexual orientations. You know, it's like, yeah. you guys, are you actually legally for this part.
1: cannot. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, we like, can't, right? We yeah, can't it, ask that. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: just like, regardless, it's just like, you guys were the right fit for this, these roles. You know, that's the end of the story. It's about the story. It's not, I don't want to say it's not about who's on stage because obviously we need representation. But like, it's not just about who's on stage. It's about who are the writers, who are the team, like probably more than half our team is gay or something. You know, it's just like there's plenty of representation in our show. You know, it's just some people that just see who's in front of them. Yes.
4: But I, no, think but
2: that's, I, that's I love that advice, though, of saying like, you know, hey, look, if it's if it starts the numbers are climbing. Like maybe it's a valid right. note. Otherwise, kind of let totally. it roll yeah. off you. Like that's, it's I like the
1: only that. way to survive. And like you yeah. can't take <laughs> yeah. everyone's feedback. Then your show yeah. will be a jumble.
3: Uh, I was gonna say this one guy. I stand in the back of the theater at the end of the show, and this one guy came up to me at the end. He was just like, I couldn't hear what his sickness was, so the whole show. I was confused. And I was just like, well, you just missed it. Like, it it was there. Like, yeah. we addressed it. So, <laughs> it, you just missed it. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's a you problem.
2: <laughs> no, could you please say it repeatedly and frequently throughout the show? I think that's the most important part.
1: And,
4: and also, like, speaking of, of our actors, I feel like we were just, like, completely blessed with the actors that we have. Because they, honestly, when talking about feedback, like, I trust their, their feedback more really than anyone um, because they're like living with these roles and they just have been, I, you know, I, I think it was a really good rehearsal process because they would challenge us Mm -hmm. on stuff and say, why did you write this this way? Mm -hmm. And then I would have to sort of like go back and think about why I did, you know, the first time that
3: happened, I was just like. (laughs) what do you mean um
4: yeah but um it I, was like well that- i took
2: the pen <laughs> and i i <laughs> made words me, on paper <laughs> i
4: relish in that like i if an actor says that to me like i i think i'm, I'm like in heaven i love that um because i want to be able to have that it, that conversation about you know um, you know, how did we get to this point And how can we, wh- how can we translate it to like your performance? Right. And if, and if we're having trouble getting to that point, then is it on us as the writers to go back and change something because we didn't get it right the first time? Right. And so that, that feedback to me is like absolutely critical. Um, and so just, I can't say, enough or, or, about or maybe we didn't actors. get it right the
3: 10th time and we have to do it again the, yeah. T- yeah right <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> um,
4: but yeah i can't say enough about them they were they've been incredible oh God, for yeah, this, whole, this whole process yeah. so yeah.
1: before we sign off you are um running the show right now correct so what's correct. what's happening with the run currently
3: so we have five more performances um thursday night friday night saturday matinee night and sunday matinee um, and then we close and
1: we're working on the next steps.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Exciting. And it's been pretty successful so far, right?
4: Yeah. I would, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, at, at the end yeah. of the day,
3: um, it probably, you could say it was like 95% sold, which is amazing. Amazing. Like, we we couldn't awesome. ask for yeah. anything more, you know? Yeah. So, that is
1: awesome. Yeah. So, congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank super you so much for you. Thank you. Um, anything else you want to tell our listeners either like about the show or just any advice you have for them if they are LGbtQ creators stuff like that
4: the I I think I I honestly do think the advice I could give is like I don't I I don't think that every single writer whether they identify as LGBTQ or not like you're gonna have your own identity and your own experience when when you're coming into you know writing whatever it is a play a musical um you know book whatever and i just i think that it's super important to whatever it is that you are writing is that, that you can personally connect mm-hmm. to it because then you are able to personally say like no i did write it this way because this is why right, right. and xyz and and so you know it's 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 hard to um, you know, like as we've been talking about, you know, feedback and all this uh, stuff throughout the episode is that if if you can if you can back up like why you did something and why you wrote it the way that you did because of an experience that you had, then that makes the piece like more truthful in itself, mm-hmm. you know, and it may be um, it may be hard for an audience member or, or for somewhere else to accept that that truth of something that happened. But I think that's a, it, why theater is, like, such a great art form. Because you can tell those, in, like, intense and important stories in that way.
3: As Rosa from Tick Tick Boom says, write what <sighs> you know.
4: <laughs> you the worst. You're literally the worst.
3: Charlie, get Hal Prince on the line. We've been saying that all week.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, that was a wonderful uh, ending to lead us into our yeah. Q&A <laughs> so we're gonna ask you some multiple choice or yes or no questions. Are you ready?
4: Yes, I'm ready. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> right. I've never been more ready for anything in my life. Q,
1: Q, 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 and, 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 and Question number one, the hardest question. Have you ever fallen in love with your best friend? A yes or B no? Who goes first? Whoever wants. Chris, you can go first. That's a that's
3: a deep question. But I would say overall, no. But um, <laughs> No with the question
4: mark?
1: That's yeah. a very gay answer.
4: <laughs> I'm. Also, I'm also gonna say. I'm also gonna say no. But mine's more firm, I think, than Bill's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you? Sorry, how do you define love, really? Though, like, and how, you, love, how do you define that, best
4: friends? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that really
2: okay? Great. <laughs> Okay, question 2. What's your favorite two-person musical out of A, The Last 5 Years, B, John and Jen, C, I Do I Do, or D, Straightforward?
3: <laughs> straightforward? But if that wasn't if that wasn't a choice the last 5 years. No pressure, no
2: pressure.
4: Uh, I can't I, I feel like I can't pick our own musical. Like I, I I'd be like the worst. I'm shameless. So then I'll balance You're this you're out.
1: more than allowed to.
4: <laughs> I'm gonna say so I'll say the last five years then. You know,
1: we both took a lot Same. of inspiration
4: from uh, Jason Robert Brown, so
1: Yeah, the musical yeah. is very Jason Robert Brown in a good way. Like the music.
4: Thank you. The act, yeah, Thank you. It's
1: very good. All right. Question number three. If you were going to tell a queer story, how would you do it? A write a book. B make a movie, C write a musical, or D TV show.
4: I think we're gonna have to go with C. I would say it's C musical.
1: <laughs> also, I will say that we put these up for our listeners as well, so they're like a little, got it, like, got they're it. a little broad. Okay.
2: There's also no wrong answers. Got it. That's that's the rule of the queuing is. Okay. Question four: Do you prefer A intimate shows or B big productions?
3: Intimate for sure
4: we're talking like the- theatrical.
3: Yeah, theater. There's
4: <laughs> intimate. Yeah, what, intimate. What else? There's nothing. What, Listen, what? a
3: big flashy musical is always nice, but those intimate scenes where you're just like you just like leave mm. and you're like holy shit. Like I have a lot of experiences like that and those are way more powerful than like a big flashy musical number to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Our final question, question number 5. What is your favorite queer musical? A Fun Home. B the prom, C straightforward, or D the flame.
2: <laughs> all, I had to put it in there. Listen equally, <laughs> equally, yeah, successful. equally matched, you know. very similar. Yes, exactly. Um,
3: I mean, I just love the prom. I watch it on Netflix like at least once a week. Um, I just love it so much, and that's pretty flashy.
1: It is flashy. I love her like flashy, I love intimate yeah. moments. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: prop. Yeah.
4: I'm gonna go with the flame. Oh uh, and
1: <laughs> yes.
4: <clears throat> um, but I d- is that the last question? Yes. Yes. I was gonna ask you a question.
1: Okay, great. Can
4: do I, am I allowed to can, ask you a question? Yes. Okay. Do you do you like Fun Home? Like, do you guys like that musical?
1: Good question.
4: Do you do you want us to answer
2: that? <laughs> There are things I like about Fun Home and there are things I really dislike about Fun Uh, Home. The
1: same, yeah. And I will say I have never seen it. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I agree. I wish I liked the music more.
2: I wish I did. Like, I, I, I always disagree. feel like I'm such a bad yeah. gay when I say that. I'm like, there, someone's gonna come take my lesbian card away. we me we'll do a,
4: We could do a. And it will
2: podcast. be Alison Bechtel. And what am I gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> can't fight her. Yeah, you, can't yeah, argue with her. Honestly,
1: <laughs> Allison Bechtel is that's the top.
2: She's she's got way more sway than I do. Like she could take my card, and the council <laughs> won't fight her. You know. <laughs> I know, I
1: do feel so bad that I've literally never seen it.
4: It's it's one of my favorites, but I just felt when I said it at the beginning of the podcast, there was a lull.
1: <laughs> so I wanted
4: to know what the lull was about. Um I you know what, I don't know, maybe you felt it. You know, like I said fun correct.
2: home to these two lesbians and no one said yeah. anything. What's happening?
1: It's, <laughs> to these two musical it's, lesbians on the I'm like, that's like such a faux pas. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I love the story of Fun Home, and I love the book, like the writing, the the lines die. Like there, there's a lot of stuff in it that I do like. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we can we can continue. We'll continue off air. Continue off air. <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I will stop this before the lesbian mafia comes for us. But um, I
2: know, God, us. what is it? We keep getting them on we our do. on we our tail. We're on
1: not on doing They're just well. gonna charge
3: uh, through your door,
4: Ellie.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like everyone else in this house. They're here. I have to go. I have
4: to run. I don't know how they found me.
1: <laughs> they found me. They know. I've been hiding in this cabin and they finally found me. <laughs> but yes, Chris and Billy, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It was so good to see both of you. I you cannot too. wait to see where Straightforward goes next. Th- and thanks for having thank us. Thank you so much Yeah, we for really appreciate
3: us. it. It was so much fun. Definitely um, one of the more energy and fun ones that we've done, which I love. So
1: <laughs> that's our vibe. <laughs> that is us. Let me hear you say
2: hip, 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 hip with yeah. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. This week we'd like to shout out first uh user on Instagram, uh, Emery Krog who commented on our Jolene episode to say they love the episode and love Dolly.
1: And I mean, same, same, same. Don't we all? Um, I'd also like to shout out Orlando Sooner, who's been commenting on our page and also sent me a beautiful birthday message that said, I hope you had an amazing birthday. Belated, that's okay. Have a great year filled with lots of lesbian fun. And I feel like that message manifested my whole year. So thank you, Orlando Sooner.
2: We also want to shout out um, what I thought was great on uh, some of our TikToks. Our Greece episode TikToks um, have been; people seem to like them. I don't Because Greece is gay as hell. Yes, and my favorite is someone commented on one of our Greece uh, TikToks. Uh, user Goglor commented i have already sent this video to several of my friends with the caption quote the lesbians have fixed greece in all caps so <laughs> you're welcome
1: you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome everyone we are the lesbians who fix greece that should be our new tagline <laughs> let's hang out lesbians who fix greece there we go <laughs> as always I want to thank our lesbian jesus patrons mark foster tanya
2: ferguson alana rosen lizette stye adi Benitez. Fiona W and
1: Sophia Phillips
2: and our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Andrea
1: Doucette and Julia Gonzalez. Thank you so much for supporting us. We could not continue to make this show without you and all of our patrons.
2: Remember, you can find us on all the social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok at Pod.
1: You can email us at LesHangoutPod at gmail.com.
2: You can check out our website at LesHangoutPod.com.
1: Whatever app you use for podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop.
2: We also have videos going up on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash Pod to catch those.
1: Les Hangout is an independently produced show hosted by us with audio production by me. Our production assistant is Kristen Murison. And Twitter shenanigans and various other shenanigans by Lee Holmes Foster.
2: If you want to help support our little team, the first way that you can do that is easy. It's free. Leave us a rating and a review on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. We love
1: reading the reviews and it helps new people find the show. If you want to support us on Patreon, we would be forever grateful. Our patrons are what help us pay for this podcast, pay for the independently produced team we were talking about above, which is really just the three of us. So you can join at bit.ly slash Patreon. We also give you access to bonus episodes. There are 12 bonus episodes up right now. So if you can't get enough of your Les Hangout and you're like, I need more, join our Patreon. We've got it there for you. If you want
2: to get some Les Hangout merch, all of our designs are available in our Public store. You can get them on t-shirts, on tank tops, on sweatshirts, on all sorts of good stuff. You can find it at bit.ly slash lesshop.
1: And remember, we have a queer production company making queer podcast musicals with guaranteed happy endings that you can find everywhere at at dollarbeanprod.
2: You can also check out our website, dollarbeanproductions.com.
1: You can listen to all of the episodes of our first show, The Flame, on any podcasting app.
2: And if you want to help support us in making more musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly/dollarbeanpatreon. It is so so helpful, and we are so close to our next show, Journey to the Heart, coming out so soon.
1: If you want to follow us individually, you can follow me at
2: Ellie Bridgeta on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster.
1: With that, I'm Ellie,
2: and I'm Lee, and,
1: and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again
2: soon. soon. Let's hang. Out, out.